Hi there. Thanks for listening. This episode is sponsored by Matt, the Mortgage Guy, a California mortgage broker and real estate investor with your interest in mind. For good, honest advice and any of your residential financing needs, go ahead and shoot him a message at matt at themortgageguy.com or feel free to text him directly at 916-529-7600. Remember, when you're ready to apply, call Matt, the Mortgage Guy. And just so you know, for one rental at a time fans, he is waiving his $6.95 processing fee. Take care. All righty, everyone. It is Wednesday. We are on episode number two. And, and Anna and I are going to talk about some creative deals we have done, kind of thinking outside the box. Uh, this is really a pile on to episode one. So if you haven't seen that yet, you might want to might want to take a look at that. But uh, Anna, you've, you, you posted an interesting deal the other day about walking some property. So let's talk about that first. Sure, Michael. So, you know, I, I love cash flowing deals and that's 99% of what I do is looking for cash flowing deals that have some growth and appreciation as well. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm very much a proponent, Michael, of every market gives you different opportunities. And you've always got to be willing to say, if there's an opportunity, you know, handed to you on a platter, can I make this opportunity work for my financial goals? And I look at financial goals in three buckets, my income and, and uh, cash flow bucket, mm-hmm. my growth and appreciation bucket that I may not cash flow on a while, but I'm going to create some net worth in the future. And then my asset preservation bucket, where it's just like safe money that I'm not going to have to worry about losing, but there's not a lot of return in it either. And an, a deal came up, Michael, the other day, a, a week ago, um, to buy some land. And I had been just starting to really research this area because I'm buying a lake house vacation rental in that area. And what I found that was really interesting is that 10 acre lots in this particular area were selling between like 150 and $210,000, something mm. like that. Okay. okay. And if you're going to build on it, you know, great, you buy the land and you build on it, maybe you you know, build and do a vacation rental. I really didn't want to do that. But there was a 120 plus acre plot of land mm. that went on the market for less than the cost of 20 acres. Okay. Ah. So six times more land for the same price as I'd buy 20 acres. And in this particular area, views is really important. The better the views, the better the price of the land. Makes and sense. if you can get 10 acre lots, you get green taxes. So the taxes are like cut in half compared to if you have smaller lots. Mm. So I thought, and I had a partner call and say, Hey, let's look at this plot of land and see if we might be able to, you know, figure out how we could subdivide it and sell off either all or a lot of the acreage. And if we decide to, we could maybe each keep 10 to 20 acres. We'd have it paid for by the cost of the the property sales on the acreage that we sell off and then maybe even be able to afford to then build our own cabins on that lot, basically all for free and turn those into Airbnb units <laughs> or just, or just free second homes that we, right. we didn't have to pay anything for and can enjoy the rest of our lives. So, you know, as we were thinking about what can we do with this land, it's like, okay, it might not be income right away but it's a growth and appreciation play yeah. and it's an asset preservation play because when the economy's tough, people flock to real estate, to sure. land, whether it's built income producing properties or whether it's land, typically they're not going to go down in value. And the reason that the property was priced pretty low, we think is because there were a few things It hasn't been perked yet. There's some right of way issues that we'll have to cure. 
but we're willing to say, hey, nothing is easy. You're going to have work that you have to do. But if you've got so much potential upside, mm-hmm. then you might as well try. Yeah, you what know? else you got going on? You got nothing else going on, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I view it as a really fun project to do something I've never done, which is okay. you know, land purchase and subdivision and maybe building on it. Um, I've got the, a lot of potential upside yeah. and really yeah. no downside. I mean, if we can't do what we want to do, we turn around and we sell it. And there's so much demand for land in this area yeah. that I feel like yeah. it's a pretty good asset preservation play where even if I don't make the upside that I want, it's still not going to lose money. Right. It's land. And I think that I'm going to have major income and appreciation because of the single purchase. Nice. Well, that's a lot of fun. Again, it's going to be fun to watch and track this. Just so people know, what does it mean by it's not perked yet? So when you have land that doesn't have public water and sewer, you basically have to have a test of the soil um, that basically they've got to make sure that when they, when they have water or waste coming down into the ground, because you have to have a septic system for the sewer um, and, and a well system for the water, they want to make sure that the the waste and the water percolate enough that it's going further, you know, far enough down into the ground, essentially, that it's going to be safe to be able to have a sewage system um, and well system. And if if the land doesn't perk properly or percolate properly, then you can't build on it because Mm. you can't put a sewage system in it. So it's important to make sure that when you're writing offers on land, that they have a contingency of the land has to perk. Mm There you go. And right away, is that an easement for other properties or what would that be? Yes. And so a lot of times when you're looking at these real rural areas, you'll have backcountry roads that are like partially paved, but they're not technically owned by the city or the county or the municipality. And they're not technically owned by any particular piece of land. They've just been used for years and decades. And in this case, over a hundred years by all the landowners who happen to build upon that little road. Well, if you don't get a legal right away that's deeded, that transfers with your property, no matter who in the future owns property along that road, you have a risk that somebody buys a piece of property and they say, hey, this is my land. You're not allowed to come through my road to get to your property because if, if it's their property, they have a right to say you can't. So you have to have a legal right away attached to the deed that says forever and always, I have the right to cross your land to get to mine. And so we've got it. You've got to make sure that anytime you buy land, anyone else's land that you cross. um, And it's the same thing with, you know, sometimes you have commercial buildings where they share a parking lot and you have to enter one parking lot to get to your own. You better get a legal right away to make sure that you can always do that. Otherwise you can't get to your property. Yeah. There you go. Well, yeah. And again, these are things, let me ask you this question. Let's say this was 2018 multifamily was not yet hot, maybe 17. You were probably really busy with multifamily. So you would probably not even have considered this land deal in 17. Is that fair? Never in a million years would I have considered it. Yeah. And the reason I asked it that way is just because sometimes in markets where uh, it's, you know, your, your box is hard, like ours have been this year, we, we're just creative enough to keep looking in other areas. Uh, right. Right. Yeah, not for, for everyone sure. though. Not, not go ahead. True. And, and again, the main reason I wouldn't have considered it, Michael, is because I knew what my financial goals were. Yep. I'm looking to replace my income and retire. And I'm only going to buy properties that are going to push me toward that goal. 
Yep. So I, I knew like I have to have horse blinders on to say, I'm not going to chase all these other things, even though there could be, because there's opportunity everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. I mean, this is a country full of real estate opportunity and you got to be able to say, what's my primary financial goal? And it better be like 99% of the deals that I do meet that bucket and Absolutely. only very, you know, I bought a beach house that didn't beat the bucket, but it, it served another purpose. So right now it's like, okay, I really have my income needs met, but I'd still like more income, but now I'm kind of moving toward now let's focus on a few things that really have appreciation, even if I might have to sit on it a couple of years and not make any cash on it and pay out for the mortgage payment on the land or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you got to have your income needs met really well sure. before you even consider the kind of deals where you're sitting on a property and you're having to pay out cash every month until you develop it and do your business plan. Yeah, I just wanted people not, people, because I'm a little bit afraid that people are going to hear episode one, now hear episode two, and they're going to be like, I don't want to buy cash flow. I want to go buy land to be like on. I'm no. like, no, that's not what we said. Yeah, no, don't blinders, do that. remember? Don't do that. Yeah, ask yourself. Now, if a land opportunity comes up and you have a partner and you know people that, hey, there's a pretty good chance of this happening, you could consider it, but don't do it alone. And yeah. so that's another thing like this land deal, I probably wouldn't do this alone, oh, but I'm doing it with a partner where we both bring something to the table. We can both take a little bit of the financial risk and share the financial reward. Um, and so that's really important too. If you haven't done something, don't go big all by yourself. You can, but with every potential high reward, there's potential high risk. So I've never done a land deal. Can you get a loan on land? You can. I'm just finding this out, Michael. So this is exciting. <laughs> yeah. So, so is it like 20% deal? 20%, 25%? I've talked to different lenders and they're all over the place. Really? Okay. So I can go private and get of an interest course. only loan yeah. and borrow the cost of the land plus the cost to develop it. So that's pretty attractive. Ooh, yeah. Or you can go to a lender who will do like 65% of the land value. Uh, so it's like commercial. Land, yeah. Like commercial. Um, and, or you could have them do a perspective. What will it be worth in the future? Yeah, future and they might value, do like 80% yeah. of what they think it might be. Um, and then do draws as you do the work to, to develop it. Got um, it. so not terrible, um, but, but the rates are definitely much higher than they are for multifamily and cash flowing investments. Cause the bank has more risk. Yeah, you would think that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, very, very cool. It's going to be fun to watch this evolve over the next year or so. Yeah. I'm excited to come back and bring you an update. Very cool. Thank you very much. And we will do episode number three shortly. Thanks.